For someone whose entire career has been focused on joy, why a podcast on pain? Because these stories need to be told. A good phoenix rising out of the ashes story reminds us all that not only can we survive, we can thrive. And when we emerge, we're different. That's the alchemy of pain. Welcome to another edition of The Alchemy of Pain. I have the privilege of interviewing people that have been through painful experiences and made it through and came out the other side changed forever. And in many cases, they're helping to change other people's lives, finding purpose through their pain. I saw this woman's headshot and I thought she's just so beautiful and has this aura of light around her. And then I started to read a little bit of her story. And now I'm honored to introduce you to Terry Sidford. She is an author, a speaker, a coach. She has so much to share and courage is a theme word for her. Terry, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So how do you serve the world today? I said author, speaker, coach, but so we can see where you are today. And then we want to backtrack to how you got there. Great question. I really am serving people today by living my true authentic life and being my true authentic self. So I can hold space and a light for other people to show up to do the same with all the bumps and bruises that I have gained throughout my lifetime that I show all parts of myself and I'm living my best life. And I'm holding a light for others to do the same, regardless of what they've been through. Are we sisters from another mother? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it could be. So I want to go back because if you are now living an authentic life, I can only make the presumption that at one point in your life, you weren't. Yes. Yes. No, I, I was very similar. I know a little bit of your story too. And I would be the person that people would say, she's had a perfect life. Look at her. She looks all perfect together. She's always, she just holds herself so together. And the reason I didn't want anybody to see that little crack that there's a little opening if they could see the pain and, and the embarrassment and the low self-esteem that I had. I would be finished. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I looked, I had it all together on the outside. Well, presuming I, you know, I thought no one could see the crack. And there were a few that did see the crack. It's exhausting. Mm. Yes. Differences, isn't it? Yes. Really exhausting. And, and, you know, you would go home at night and be your, and you would kind of feel the pain of trying to keep that facade going and it was as painful because that's not how you I felt inside what I was portraying outside you know was was hard to do mm. I often say that there were two Brendas the one mm -hmm. that everybody saw and then the inner me that I was completely disconnected from yes. so at some point 
something cracked and you said the gig is up i am no longer pretending was there an event that happened that caused that shift that's a really good question that i i don't think i've really answered before in quite that way it was a series of things it, it felt like it was a little crack a little more of a crack a little more of a crack until i just could not i didn't want to hide it any longer and really the the um, catalyst was, and you're going to laugh at this, <laughs> I was a, I've been a life coach for over 20 years, and I was talking to a friend about all these women, most of them were, were women that I coached, and telling them how amazing and courageous they were and that they didn't see themselves that way. And she said, Terry, you should write a book about that. I'm like, I'm not a writer. I can't do that. And she goes, I'll help you. And she did. And I wrote my first book. I gathered a, a survey on the subject of courage from 100 women. And I wrote my book, 100 Hearts. And I was going out doing book signings. And there was one lady in the audience who said, Terry, we, tell me your experience of how you've been courageous. I was dumbfounded. I wrote a book about courage and I could not answer her. And I knew I was just like all these other women that didn't see themselves as courageous. And I knew that that's kind of what a big crack right there. And then the lady who helped me write the book, she said, she's done, she did a Ted talk and she said, Terry, you should do a Ted talk about this. <laughs> then I laughed again. I can't speak. I can't do a Ted talk. She said, I'll help you. I go, okay, it's going to take a long time. You know, I'll apply, but you know, let's just see first place I applied, I was accepted and I was on stage four months later. And of course, the same lady helped pull out all these stories I never wanted anyone to know. And I stood there on stage telling all my stories and in an empowering way. And I have never felt so liberated and free in my entire life. So that's when it really cracked open. I love that story. It's nothing you could have planned. It didn't happen even, and I'm a, a fan of therapy, but it didn't happen in therapy. It happened because someone asked a question. I've often heard, and by the way, I know for myself it's true. That which I teach is the very thing I need. Mm. You know, here mm. you wrote this book about courage and it was, you weren't embracing your own courage. So- Going back, because the main question of this podcast, and it's not to build an altar to the pain, but to help someone sitting out there listening right now who may be in a similar spot and not know how to get out or get through. What created the Terry that had to prop up this perfect veneer? Was there a painful experience in your past that created that disconnect between the outer self and the inner self? Yes, there's several. It started when I was seven and my parents were arguing. My mother was drinking. My father left us in the sole custody of a raging alcoholic mother. And at one point, we, my sister, my older sister is five years older and I, my brother wasn't there that night. Um, 
felt unsafe. And we ran away to my dad's. And it was terrifying. Terrifying. Yes. You ran away from home. No, a lot of kids pack a fake bag. I'm leaving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a pillowcase and I stuffed in every, you know, anything I could stuff in it. Um, I, I, and my sister helped give me the courage. She she was strong, strong and determined. I was scared out of my mind. I, I felt, uh, you know, I was leaving the person I needed the most. But I knew we were unsafe. And so I, I, I kept, you know, I, I have, I'd had that guilt of leaving my mother and banning my mother. And I kept that with me in my teenage and adult life. And I had very low self-esteem, which in turn, I made some bad life choices, including dating a con artist boyfriend who took me for everything I had and left me with no credit, a home. Um, and I ended up sleeping on my girlfriend's couch until I could figure out what to do. And the other defining moment was when I saved it. I always maintained a job for some reason. And I saved enough money to rent a room out of a house. And I remember this is a life-changing moment. I was sitting on this ugly brown chocolate-covered, musty-smelling carpet. And if anybody's close to my age, they'll understand what that looks like. And there was no, not even a bed, there was no furniture, there was nothing. And I thought to myself, how did I get here? I'm a good person. And then something happened. I was forced to take a good look at myself. And what I saw was a person that was strong, intelligent, loving, whole, and had a soul. And in that, and I and I cried for hours. But what I realized is that even though this man could take everything emotionally and even physically and materially away from me, he could never take away my soul. And no one could. And it was then that I knew who I was and my self-worth, which you teach, and my truth. And I and that saved me. That has gotten me to where I am today. But I was always very hesitant to share my stories, but I always knew who I was and that I was whole inside, no matter what happened. So the worst time of my life has been the best gift of my life. Isn't that the things we would never have asked for end up being gifts in disguise in retrospect. I mean, in the middle of it, you know, it's not like you're like, this stinks, you know, I know that's how I was. Yes. And yet look at this life that you've built. And so then settling this, nobody can take you as Beyonce sings, you can't break my soul. So <laughs> your soul was not broken. You realized that you were whole. And how did that inform this trajectory of your life where you became a coach and you now serve people? Did that become sort of like, wait a minute, if I can make it through, I want to help other people do the same? Yes, yes. I I wanted to give back because I felt like I was given a gift and I wanted to help other people do the same in their own life. And let me tell you, if you're listening right now, 
it, things weren't perfect after I found my truth <laughs> and realized, you know, I, I still struggled, but I could come back to that a lot faster to that, that place inside. And I knew where it was. I knew where to go, mm. but yes, I, I still made mistakes because I was still carrying a lot of pain and guilt and all that. And I had to do the work myself as well. I, I did go to a counselor. I did do a lot of self inquiry and, and, and work. So just saying, it's not, it's not like it's just, you have this aha and it's all better, but you know, we're still, we're still in this life experience, but everything's an opportunity, but I wanted to give back. And I, someone told me this is a long time ago when, you know, coaching wasn't even popular. I was in pharmaceutical cells, <laughs> working 60 hours a week. And, you know, it was just crazy. And someone said, Terry, you have a gift. And I'm like, a gift, what? You really understand people. And it's because I could always relate to almost anyone based on what I'd gone through. And I had a lot of love and compassion from what I learned and what I'd gone through. And she said, Terry, there's this coaching program. And I looked into it. I went to the pro coaching program and the program itself changed my life again. And then I decided to start teaching other people. So in this coaching program, did you learn tools to navigate life better? Yes, yes. There was a, you, we, we looked at uh, our values, things that are important to us and not, um, not what necessary life told us was our values. We had to find out what was important to us and what values we took on that really weren't us and maybe some values that we weren't expressing that were there. And that was a huge turning point because it's really owning, you know, what, not what, people tell you you should be, but who you know you want to be. And there was a, a moment where we kind of had a, a, a sentence that would demonstrate our true essence of who we are. And we had to work on that till we knew that that was you know, something we could hold with us when we felt like we were off base or off center. We could always come back to this true essence place. And then there was a exercise where they drew an invisible line and they pushed all of us up against the wall. So we were all just crammed in there together and shoulder to shoulder. Like it was so tight where it couldn't breathe. And they're saying, okay, so when you're ready to step over this invisible line to really be your authentic, true self, no matter what you're dedicating yourself to it, then step over the line. I was one of the last people. <laughs> Because what I, I found was that I knew it would change my personal life. And that was my first marriage. Is... I cannot even believe you're saying this, although I believe it. Yes. Because gee, we're just having a conversation here. Everybody else gets to listen in. But <laughs> I have been aware of this shaman in Costa Rica because a someone dear to me had a life-changing experience and she encouraged me to go. And I, I violently said no, because I knew my marriage would end. Wow. I knew that I would change so much that I couldn't stay in something toxic anymore. And it wasn't until I finally got the courage to leave that I finally went to the shaman and the shaman changed my life. 
But isn't that interesting? You knew that if you were going to be authentic, it would sort of be a domino effect. Mm -hmm. I did. And it was, I was scared out of my mind because I thought, you know, I knew what it would mean. And just like you and see, so if there is this inner knowingness that we have, we probably shut out. Right. And it takes a certain experience or permission or something. And that was the catalyst for me. And I came home after stepping over that line, knowing that I was committed to it. It was a big deal for me. And yeah, I started speaking more my truth and mm. honestly, and, and, you know, I got divorced. I had mm. two young children and that was not popular. I got a lot of people that were disapproving of me, but I stood in my truth. I knew it was most important for my kids to, to for me to do that. And ultimately um, I'm remarried almost 20 years <laughs> to a wonderful man I've had an incredible life. And so I listen to that intuition and my, my two sons have benefited from that because they see the truth. And I've, I've taught them to do that, to live their truth and true essence and to find it. Which is the greater gift than sticking with something that doesn't model health, a healthy partnership. So I'm sort of connecting dots here. Mm -hmm. You, as a seven-year-old, knew that you were in an unsafe situation and you left, but then you felt guilty. Mm -hmm. And there is this sense of, and I think society props us up to believe this, stick with a sinking ship. It's loyalty. Yes. You can die on the vine and shrink and, and dissolve and have a horrible life, but don't abandon anyone else. And yet betraying ourselves is better. And I think when we finally give ourselves permission to care for ourselves, you know, the, we then don't live in this place of misplaced guilt that says, I got to live for you. I'm just going to sacrifice my life for you. That I think way too many people try to please everybody else and they don't think that they're worth pleasing themselves. And yet you got to put the mask on you first. I love, I love that. That is so true. It's so true. And, and, and what I've come to understand as well is that the, you know, the other important part of that is that when we step into being our, sharing our gifts and being truly who we are meant to be in this life. We are sharing our gifts with others. And if we are giving it away and saying, no, I don't need it's, I need to give it to someone else, or I do not need to live my authentic life because someone else needs it more than I do, or they need this more than I do, then the world is missing out. My children are missing out. My friends are missing out. The lady in the grocery store is missing out mm. on my gifts. I'm so glad you crossed that invisible line. And what that took was courage. Now, courage is like a banner over everything you do. It was the first book you wrote, topic of your TED Talk to the courage to be authentically you. Tell me about this word courage. Where does it come from? How can we seize it and and access it in our own lives. Oh, that's a wonderful thing to think about right now because I did not even know what the word meant uh, until I was you know, later on in life. I was about 50 years old. Um, and 
courage is facing whatever's in front of you and, and doing it anyway, even if it's terrifies you because fear has two meanings and it's, it's, you can face everything and rise or you can forget everything and run. And on the other side of fear is where you will find out what you're capable of. And that's where you will start to do things you never even dreamed possible. And 98% of what we fear never happens. And so that's what courage is to me. It's, it's stepping into what you're really capable of being and achieving in life. And that's facing your fear and using fear to connect to your inner strength and using it as a motivating factor to get through it the other side, no matter what, no matter what it is. And you might not know what it is. It just, you could be fearful of something from the past. Just see what's in front of you. Take one step and trust in the unknown. How do you trust? Is there a, I have to say that there's a common denominator with many people that I interview. They have a trust, a faith mm. in either higher power or that there is a benevolent universe at work. Um, and I invited an atheist to please come on my podcast because I want to know where they get courage from. How do they find resilience? So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sort of putting you on the spot here, but where do you get your trust? What are you trusting? Is it, are you trusting you? I'm trusting myself, my soul, that little soul that I found uh, that I know is full of love. And that's where courage is also found. And also something greater than myself. I do believe in a universal power, whatever you want to call it, um, that there is something greater than myself that I do trust has my greatest good um, at heart. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> I think it's through a lot of hard experiences that I know that if I use my true love and my heart and strength, that the universe will support me. And, and I have proven that over and over again through a lot of different things. And that love really is a universal solvent and connects to me, connects me to that higher source, connects me to other people. And it also connects me to um, knowing the truth in any situation. Ooh, that's not always. One. I'm just, I'm not trying to be this, that everything is perfect here. Um, no. The majority of the time. Yeah. Well, this juxtaposition of fear and love, you know, it's always right there. It's like yeah. the devil on your shoulder and the angel on your shoulder. And which yes. one are you going to vote with, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, and when you vote with love, then you find that you have the courage to go on too. So for someone who's in an afraid place right now, I know your time is valuable and you've been more than generous, Terry, and... People can find you at terrysidford.com, correct? Yes. Yes. Everything is there. You can contact me there, um, all, you know, everything. Um, and I and you can reach out to me, my coaching, uh, speaking, my books. I'm so glad that I connected with you because I'll be a fan and follower now too. So final words for our audience, maybe someone who is 
afraid to cross that invisible line to their authentic self. I want you to know, whoever's listening, that you know we're you're not alone, that we need each other, and we're we're in this together in this life experience. And you can reach out to other people. First of all, there are people that want to help you when you feel like you can't help yourself. That's number one. And then start to love yourself in any manner that you can. And if you can't love yourself, then go out and start doing something for someone else. Go out into nature, go to the grocery store and just do something kind for someone else. Volunteer. When you can't feel your heart and you don't know where it is, do something for someone else. It could be just even a smile in, a, in like the grocery line. <laughs> just connect with someone else's eyes and see their soul. And they might just see yours and it just might ignite that little fire. Like, oh, I do have something inside of me that feels like love. That would be just take a simple, easy step. I think that's such a beautiful way to end. And I agree. I think like the Tootsie Roll Pop, there is at the center, this love that's always there. It's not like we have to grasp for it. It's there. Mm -hmm. We just have to tap into it. And sometimes we get all crusty and, you know, layers of stuff <laughs> from life. But if we take the time to peel things away, there's the love. There's the love. Thank you for crossing that invisible line and sharing your love and your service and your gifts with the world, Terry. I appreciate you. I feel like I made a new friend and I thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. It's really been an honor to be here with you. And I do feel the same with you. I feel like I have a kindred sister here. <laughs> yep, me too. And for those of you listening and watching, going to terrysidford.com learning more about her and her work perhaps working with her and as i close out every podcast you know what i'm going to say you could probably say it right along with me if you are in a dark time so was the caterpillar they kept pressing and in the pressing you eventually are creating the strength in your wings so you can fly don't give up keep pressing you will fly Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.